Welcome, Farm Bureau family, um, to our Inclusion and Diversity podcast. I am Kay Keeper, Marketing Coordinator in the Allen DeKalb Agency, and I am with Monique Walker, Manager in the Life Contact Center. Monique, how are you today? I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. <laughs> this is so exciting. Um, just to get started, Monique, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, a little about a little bit about your position, and how long you've been with the company? Oh, absolutely. I'm Monique Walker. Um, I come with over 20 years experience in, in management, um, particularly in the call center environment. Um, I joined uh, Indiana Farm Bureau um, as a life co-manager in the Life Contact Center and um, and back in January of 2019. So I just recently uh, completed two years with the company and I'm so proud to be two years old. Um, Yay. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it passed so quickly. So um, the how I came about working for Indiana Farm Bureau, I had unexpectedly lost my job at the previous company I had uh, worked for for five years. And um, we all lost our jobs a couple of weeks right before Christmas. And, um, you know, it was kind of devastating, you know, at the, you know, final quarter of the year, a lot of companies are not hiring. And when you um, experience uh, unexpected loss of employment that way, you're always stuck in wondering, you know, what am I going to do next? You know, it's kind of um, you're treading, trying to figure out, navigate that water. So I really used it as an opportunity to kind of think about, you know, what what I wanted, you know, what I wanted to do. So um, I knew I had some transferable skills. So and I knew I wanted to continue to be in leadership. Um, so I saw the posting um, and then I applied for it and I thought, oh, they'll never call, you know, um, and then. <laughs> Indiana Farm Bureau proved me wrong. <laughs> they called and I interviewed. And um, when I looked at the background of the company, you know, I, I learned about the work-life balance, um, how important it is uh, for our, our family environment, environment, the one team job. And I just thought that, you know, this is a great company for me to uh, be a part of and because I wanted to retire, you know, I'm thinking about retiring the next steps. And I heard about the tenure of the employees with the company. And I thought, you know, this would be a great fit. And I've been hired on and so grateful and haven't looked back since the best decision I've made. Awesome. Well, lucky <laughs> us to have you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so what has your experience been like so far with the company in your first two years? Oh, I love it. And um, so I didn't have a life insurance background. So um, I'm learning a lot about um, what we do as a business, the policy, how that policies, um, how that works, um, the different demographics. Um, not only do we work in, internally with our captive agents, but we also um, work alongside um, with our contracted agents. So we, you know, I get to navigate both parts of that and, and get to experience both uh, sides uh, along for that business and also with our customers to learn that those dem demographics as well and their needs. So uh, working with the peers, my peers here, my coworkers and the executive leadership team, nothing but stellar. I mean, I learn a lot. And um, one thing that I do take away from that is that we truly are um, working together as a team. Um, if there's ever a need for any of us, um, we always reach out and we can collaborate and get it done. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, recently, just a challenge since COVID, you know, some of us have been working from home or we're not able to meet in person. Um, so we're doing a lot more of this, you know, through Teams yes. or video chat. Has that been difficult for you to kind of maintain that relationship with your staff, you know, and other people in home office? Um, absolutely not. Um, I've had experience managing remotely before and our life contact center is a hundred percent, hundred percent of remote staff. And um, they were before COVID. Um, but the managers, you know, we were working out of the office before COVID. And then after that happened, we went home and we quickly learned um, that, you know, Hey, we can get the job done managing our teams, whether we were in the office or not. So um, with prior work experience of managing uh, remote um, co- co-workers and, and teams. Um, I just kind of brought that along and then just keeping everyone engaged. Um, so we mm-hmm. use different resources um, to make sure that that is happening, to make sure that we're touching um, our staff and then also um, our you know, my coworkers as well, and, and also the leadership team. So whether it's, you know, a video call or occasionally I go in for training or, or a meeting and also along with the staff. But mainly we are trying to make sure that we are safe. That is the, the first and foremost thing that we keep in mind following the policies and procedures around COVID. So Absolutely. I can just say that it hasn't affected anything that much <laughs> that's really great well, to hear um that was a challenge for me in the beginning just because i'm so used to being face-to-face with my staff so um the keeping people engaged you know piece that was that was a struggle at first so i might have to pick your brain on some of that later <laughs> yeah no, no problem i have i have a lot of ideas um i've also uh, am part of our um our department's um, um, morale committee. I'm the champion for that. So we, awesome. we tend to do a lot of different games or different incentives to keep everyone engaged as well. I love that. Great. So kind of moving moving in a little bit of a different direction with a few more in-depth questions. Um, have you experienced any challenges being a woman in a managerial role? Of course. Um, I started in leadership at a very young age, um, and I really didn't have the experience that I have now. <laughs> so um, in looking back in, in retrospect, um, there there were a lot of challenges, um, but I did not really understand um, the situations when they were happening at that time. So, of course, I mean, there were situations where I was discriminated against. I was deliberately disrespected or overlooked. Um, and it didn't resonate with me during that time as much as it does now. I also <laughs> grew up in a time where a lot of diversity wasn't accepted, but I always ended up in a leadership role. So whether I was the only person of color in the room or if I was the only woman of color in the leadership room, um, I used every opportunity that was presented to me to learn from it. Great. I've been in management with Farm Bureau for almost 13 years now, and a lot of the coordinators um, are female. And so I 
I started doing a little research company-wide just to kind of see what management looked like across all divisions. And I was pleasantly surprised when I looked at the life division because you guys have the most female managers um, in the company, which I thought was fantastic. So, yes. Yeah, you like <laughs> <laughs> Kudos to us in the celebration. And I'm not actually surprised. Um, there were conversations that we had um, earlier um, amongst, you know, our leadership team that where we talked about um, that very aspect. And then, you know, attending the um, leadership meetings also, you know, can see it as well. And I think it works well for our, in, in our environment. So I'm kudos to the life division for, you know, leading in that that particular yes. way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So you kind of touched on this a little bit, um, but maybe you can talk about it just a little more. So what impact has being a black woman um, affected or impacted your career or life? Oh, um, yeah. So I'll use this example. When I first started interviewing for professional positions when I was in college. I was in an internship position that I interviewed for. And the very first question that was asked to me is if I had reliable transportation to get to work because um, no bus ran in the area. It was a very interesting question. It was the first question. So I just kind of paused and I thought, Okay, you know, where are we going with this? Um, but I just smiled and answered the question that I did. And, you know, that reliable transportation got me here and early and able to uh, interview. And ultimately, I ended up, ended up getting that internship. <laughs> I did well with the job and they offered me a full time position afterwards. So um, but that particular situation really let me understand and it resonated with me that I would be looked at differently um, just because of, you know, my skin color or that I was a, a female. Um, there were certain prejudices that were being um, placed on me, whether it was true or not. So it just made me learn from that experience going forward. Yeah. And good for you for handling it the way you did. I mean, I, I can't imagine hearing that question and then being able to keep it together, you know, <laughs> that way. So that's good. Um, have you had other challenges like that where you haven't been able to respond in that way? Um, I've always remained calm. Um, like I said, that happened to me very early on. That was my first professional uh, career job interview, you know. So um, and with that, I just kind of always lead back to that first experience. And because, um, you know, th those learned um, challenges and you take from those experiences and you just kind of train yourself to react differently if you're approached again. So as I continue to climb the ladder in different leadership roles with different companies, um, I learned to understand what my role was early on um, with different companies, whether it was to, um, you know, become a actual voice for a, a certain demographic or background, or just simply that, you know, we that company had the need um, for diversity and that's what they wanted. Um, so of course, you know, the, the last company I worked for, it was predominantly 
um, white males. And I was the only um, black female in a uh, leadership role. So um, I was looked at differently. I understood that in different meetings. Um, and it would allow me to use those challenges and turn them into opportunities to educate and, and train and actually, you know, open the doors for more conversations. Uh, and then also our customer base, um, when, you know, when they would reach out to me and I would um, reply to them it, for someone that was similar of my background, it kind of was a, you know, a, a, a sense of, you know, uh, relief for them because they felt like that there was someone that understood where they were coming from as well. So that made me realize that, you know, okay, you know, it there is some um, good opportunities that I have here to make sure that I'm reaching um, not only internally, you know, for the company, but also our customer base. Mm-hmm. I could see you being a fantastic mentor to so many people. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I've had the experience doing that as well. <laughs> yeah, and I've always enjoyed it. I could see that for sure. So kind of talking about Women's History Month, um, what does Women's History Month mean to you personally? Well, you know, it's a celebration. And, and I'm just so happy that, you know, that this particular um but, you know, it, it humbles me to to know that this is celebrated annually and it continues to, you know, uh, be acknowledged. And we celebrate the contributions of all women around the world. So um, I'm very happy that it, it even exists. And it's a good reflection um, for for me to look back and, and figure, you know, and to to reflect on what I've done and what I can continue to do. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So who would you say is the most influential woman you know? I would have to say Oprah Winfrey. Okay. <laughs> and the reason why she resonates with me is because um, not only is she from my hometown in Mississippi, I grew up, I was born in Mississippi, um, and she came from a humble background and to just become this huge you know, conglomerate that she is today um, and to remain so influential and to show, uh, you know, the exemplary way of change and experiences um, that we can see when it comes to women and what a woman can do. I'd have to agree. I love Oprah. (laughs) 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 So, just thinking about influential women, um, is there anyone, you know, within Farm Bureau that you kind of look at that way as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, Dana Devine, um, when I first met her, there was an instant connection. Um, I was also a new mom when I interviewed um, at uh, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance, and she really gave me a lot of um, relief when it comes to, you know, being a new mom. Um, She shared some experiences with me in the first initial interview um, that, you know, a lot of people don't get, you know, whether I was getting the job or not. Um, So there was just an instant connection there. And then to be able to um, see her in the environment at work 
and see how she operates and leads us um, is just phenomenal. I have utmost, yeah, respect for her, and she doesn't know it, but she is my mentor. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's gonna know now. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So, um, speaking of you being a mom, how do you kind of manage, you know, full time, you know, manager of life contact center plus being a mom? You know, how do you balance all of that? Well, I mean, you just do um, when you become a mother. Um, there are certain instincts that kick in that you didn't even know you had. I recall a time when I was pregnant. <laughs> I was thinking, like, how am I going to take a shower and the baby's out there, you know, when my husband wasn't here? You know, I would actually get paranoid about it, you know, like, how how do we get this done? And then, you know, I would overthink things, you know, the next steps in her um in her in her life you know those milestones how do we navigate you know with child care and working full-time and you just do i mean uh, indiana farm barrel provides a great atmosphere and foundation for me to do that um and so you know you just kind of make sure that work is work we focus on work and then family ultimately is important and you never forget that yeah, sometimes it's hard to shut it off at the end of the day, but I think yeah. it's necessary to have that. <laughs> <laughs> um, my daughter, she will ask me, you know, if I ever work over, she was asked, she would ask, you know, mom, are you okay? You know, or, you know, come play with me, mom. And that's just that, that reminder that I need it for family time. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, kind of speaking about family and maybe going back a little bit to when you were growing up, um, mm-hmm. Did you have conversations with your mom or dad about being a black woman or just what that meant um, in society? Of course. Um, So um, a lot of different cultures, you know, you grow up in different family environments and and you're raised or reared differently. Um, So we grew up in Mississippi, Um, Walnut Grove, Mississippi, as a matter of fact. So (laughs) there wasn't really a lot of um, tolerance um, and there wasn't really a lot of diversity. So being young, I would experience a lot of firsthand um, racial injustices and discrimination. Um, Not only was that done to me, but it was done to our family. However, being in those parts of the country, you're also surrounded by a lot of family. And that's the reason why we had moved down there to begin with. My father had a lot of family down there and family was educated. Um, So my great grandfather, my great grandmother, they ran the elementary school. He was the principal. I had a lot of relatives that were kin to me. There were also my teachers and my educators and my counselors growing up. So I got to see both sides. And then not only internally at home, um, we also had that family dynamic that taught us, you know, who we were um, to and to actually be proud of who we were, no matter how the world saw us and to always put our best foot forward, no matter what, to know what was right and to know what was wrong and to stand up for things that were wrong. Um, So, Yes, I, I appreciate it all. And my mom is of mixed race. So not okay. only I had that 
you know, background and internally for my family as well. When I got to meet different um, family members that were not the same race as me, and then we would speak and, and, and converse and still, you know, we're close to this day. Um, and then for my mom to be able to, because she's from here in Chicago. So when she married my dad, she moved to Mississippi. So you talk about a 360 in life, right? So so she wasn't, you know, she had to get acclimated to that environment. And I remember being out with her and certain individuals would just ask her, you know, inappropriately, what are you? Um, they mm-hmm. would just ask, you know, her just asking about her background and what race she was. So I had to learn. I learned at an early uh, age, you know, how she responded and her grace and um, how she responded and stood up for herself and said, I'm human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, well, that's where you got that from. Yes, <laughs> Absolutely. I, di- I didn't really want to get into personal things, but when you asked me about, you know, the most influential um, woman in my life, you know, from a celebrity standpoint, it definitely is Oprah Winfrey, but there are a lot of others that I can think of as well. But from a personal standpoint, it's, it's definitely my mother. She taught me a lot of different ways to, you know, respond and with grace and with dignity and to, um, you know, be tactful <laughs> and <laughs> the same way. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I would have to say the same thing about my mom. Um, she's been a huge influence on me. I just uh, adore her. She's taught me all kinds of great things <laughs> that I still carry with me today. So. I appreciate that. Um, So kind of switching back more to Farm Bureau and the Inclusion and Diversity Council. Um, You know, this is somewhat new for us in the last couple of years, but what are your hopes for the Inclusion and Diversity Council going forward? Well, when I first heard about it, um, I I was so relieved um, because I did see the need um, for this platform um, with our company, not only internally, but for our customer base. Um, so I was so happy <laughs> that Indiana Farm Bureau and our executive leadership team um, and Kevin Murphy, you know, decided to start this and then lead us down this path. Not only start the conversations that needed to, you know, be had, um, but, you know, it, it makes us relevant. You know, it keeps us innovative. Um, you know, if we remain stagnant, then we're we tend to fall behind and we won't be able to grow. So as we continue to, you know, to get more experiences with this um, council, um, I appreciate the foundation that it's building for us um, to maintain uh, where we need to be as far as a company, not only internally with to have those conversations with each other, um, but to make sure that we're reaching um, all different facets of our customer base. That's great to hear. I appreciate the feedback on that. Um, In your opinion, what can we do to make this an inclusive environment for everyone? Um, Just look at individuals, you know, as human. You know, when you look at the whole person, um, you really 
tend not to see biases. Um, so, or just focus on the fact that they're a little different from you. And then when you do, that's still even okay. You know, it's okay to acknowledge that. It's okay to have conversations about that. I know since this has started, um, it's started a lot of conversations internally with my peers and with some coworkers, you know, like, you know, is this okay? Is that not okay? And I love it. You know, and then it's also um, made, you know, brought about the attention to me. You know, I wonder if I'm saying this correctly or doing this correctly. It just kind of makes you, um, you know, reflect on yourself and what your core values are. Um, and if there's some things that, you know, you need to work on it, it helps with that. So I, I really look forward um, to um, building um, with this council and what it has to bring. I'm happy to hear those conversations are being had. I mean, you don't really know um, if you're making a difference or if there is an impact. So I'm happy to hear that. Have you, as a manager, have you had any of those conversations with your staff? Oh, yes. Um, um, one of my um, team members, they're actually on the IND uh, council. So that individual also had the opportunity to, you know, hold conversations and team huddles and different managerial huddles to even start those conversations that we hadn't had since I had been employed here. So we definitely keep those conversations going um, throughout our uh, environment. It's so relevant. Great. And we also look at the different podcasts and 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 uh, bring about different points that come out of those as well. Make sure we're mindful of it. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Um, do you have any ideas on what we could do as a council going forward um, or any topics that you would like to see addressed on the podcast? Um, I think these are steps in the right direction. And the more that we continue to do this, um, I think you're going to reach your um, the broader audience that um, that we're looking to do uh, and and reach our goals. So there's nothing in particular that I would like to see personally right now. I think we're just headed in the right direction um, by continuing to, you know, reinvent and invite different people throughout the organization to speak on different subjects. Mm -hmm. Would you like to hear... I've been thinking about this recently. Would you like to hear from any of our leadership in this format? Absolutely. I think it's very important um, for us to hear from our leadership staff. Um, um, not only um, is it important for us to, to hear their thoughts in the way um, um, that what they think about um, the council as well, but, um, you know, what the plans are um, for the future. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Well, we'll see if we can arrange some of that in the yeah. next couple of months. <laughs> Monique, it's been really, really great to talk to you. Is there anything else you would like to add before we finish up? Um, it's been my pleasure. And like I said, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Um, I love working at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance, and I was so delighted when I received the invite to speak about uh, Women's History Month and what it means to me personally and then my experiences. And I was eager to share that. So just all in all, you know, just treat people, you know, the way you want to be treated. It's the ultimate golden rule. So um, yep. I'll just leave everybody with that. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much, Monique. It's been a pleasure um, chatting with you. If anyone else out there um, would like to be featured on the podcast, um, please reach out to myself or any of the IND council members, and we would be happy to chat with you. Thank you all for listening. Thank you.